Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Today, I'm believing God is going to speak to every single one of us. Maybe you're still on holidays. Maybe you've just returned from holidays and you're starting back at work next uh, in the next 24 hours or so. But I just love the beginning of a new year. And if you did miss last Sunday's message, we had Joel Holm all the way from the United States bring an incredible, incredible word. Uh, it's available. You can just jump on YouTube or the podcast there at our website. I want to encourage you to listen to that if you missed it or listen to it again. And really, uh, as I listened, I was challenged by this encouraging thought from Joel where he said, our awareness paired with our experience is what equals a new reality. And I'm believing today, as has already been mentioned, we're gonna have communion in a short few moments. And so if you don't have some form of an emblem that represents Jesus's body that was broken, his blood that was shed, I wanna encourage you, turn your TV up right now, run out, grab that right now, listen, do two things at once, because I believe it's gonna be a powerful time where we're gonna be made aware through his word of his goodness and his grace towards us and through communion together, we're gonna experience His presence, and it's gonna create a new reality in us. I just love that we don't just need to rely on knowledge, but Jesus Himself presences Himself amongst us so we can experience Him, not just know Him. And so I'm believing that today as we come around God's Word, you would have an encounter, I would have an encounter. And I'm not gonna speak for too long, but when we do take communion together, I'm gonna believe it's gonna be a powerful time together. But if you've got your Bible, I would love for you to turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew 16 is where we're gonna read the text in a moment. And just for a bit of context, we're gonna read from Matthew 16, uh, verses 21 through to 25. And and the context really uh, in this passage comes after a moment where Jesus says to the disciples, who do you say I am? And there is an interaction with a disciple by the name of Simon And Simon has a revelation, a personal revelation. He has experienced, as Joel put it last week, Jesus for himself and says, well, you are the Son of God. I, I know you are the Messiah. Because back in that day, in those days, there was a portrayed idea or image of what the coming Messiah would look like. And when Jesus turned up, born in a major as a baby, grew up as a carpenter, the so-called coming Messiah looked very, very different. But Simon, out of his personal revelation, he said, you are the Messiah. And Jesus affirms Simon and actually renames him and says, because you didn't get this from knowledge from a human perspective, I'm gonna rename you Peter. And the word Peter, the name Peter means a rock and on this rock I'll build my church. How many know in that moment, Jesus himself praising you, you're feeling pretty good about life. Anyone with me? It's like, yes, this is really, really awesome. And so Peter, Simon Peter is feeling good about life and this is where we pick up our text for today. And in verse 21 of Matthew 16, it says this, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Watch this now in verse 22. 
But Peter, this is the same Peter that Jesus just patted on the back, lifted him up, renamed him. But Peter, the same Peter, took Jesus aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things as he was saying. Heaven forbid, Lord, Peter says, this will never happen to you. And then Jesus, the same Jesus that just praised Peter, says these words, get away from me, Satan. (laughs) You are a dangerous trap to me. Watch now. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, hey, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn away from your selfish ways. You must take up your cross and follow me. Verse 25, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What a powerful piece of scripture. And we're gonna take a moment to delve into this and then have communion together. But Father, we thank you. As has already been prayed that you're in the midst, that you're at work, you're doing incredible things. We pray in this moment, today, whether we're in a local, whether we're in our lounge room, whether we're on the beach, whether we're somewhere else in the globe, Lord God, I just pray that your word would speak to our hearts and our lives. We thank you. You're a God who is always in control. You're a God who's always present with us. And we pray today, this wouldn't be another message we hear or another message I preach, but you would speak in and through your word, in and through the words I'm uttering today into our hearts and lives that we would be changed from the inside out. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We ask that you would have your way in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. I don't know if you've ever had a moment in your life that was incredibly humbling. You know those moments when you're reminded you're still on a journey you haven't arrived. Similar to what we just understood the moment Peter has, but I'll never forget a really incredibly humbling moment for myself. I think I was about 20 years of age, maybe 21 years of age. And, you know, I'd been in church my whole life and one day I had dreams of, preaching God's Word. And I actually got a chance to go with Pastor Paul, with Dad, to Brisbane. And we went to a men's conference and Dad was speaking there. And while I was there, uh, Dad said, hey, what what I want to do in uh, this session coming up is I'd love for us to tag team it. I got incredibly nervous, but I was excited because this was something that I saw I would love to do one day. And he said, so we're going to get up on stage together and we're going to do a bit of the message together. So we had worked out all those details. I was excited. I was like, I've made it. This is awesome. And I'll never forget this humbling moment as I followed in behind Pastor Paul to get up on the stage. There was three stairs and the stairs had a gap between them. And I was trying to look my best. So I had uh, shoes that weren't like the shoes I'm wearing today, these nice comfy vans. They were those sort of wedding dress shoes, you know, with the long pointy toe. I had jeans on. I had a nice shirt on. And as I went up the stairs, I had a Bible and my notepad in one hand. I had uh, back in the day when you could get messages only on CD. I had a bunch of Pastor Paul's messages on CD that I was going to talk to the conference about. And I had a microphone. So my hands were full. The last stair, instead of stepping, in my excitement, I kind of leaped. But as I leapt, the toe of my pointy shoes caught the last stair. And yes, you could imagine, as I flew through the air, it's like those slow motion moments, you know, it happens in a second, but it's like, no, 
All I remember thinking as I was going headfirst into the ground was, tuck your head into a forward roll and make it look like you're meant to do this. And so I proceeded to do a forward roll. The Bible, the microphone, the notepad, the CDs, everything went everywhere, but I managed to eloquently do a forward roll, pop to my feet, much to the dismay of myself and the amusement to that whole crowd of people. And I remember Pastor Paul saying these words like, wow, what an entrance. And I'll never, ever forget how small I felt in that moment. It was an incredibly humbling moment. And I'm pretty sure in this moment where Peter has been renamed and is feeling good about himself, in one moment, Jesus humbles him. And it's in those humility type moments in our life where we actually start to gain perspective. It was the first time I was about to speak and preach God's word. And even though I was feeling good about myself, potentially a little bit overconfident, it was in that moment I realized, hey, you're on a journey, you haven't arrived. And if there's anything this last season when it comes to COVID has taught us, is to question what we're really living for, and more importantly, who we are really living for. This is a very humbling moment in humanity where we are realizing very quickly as human beings that humanly speaking, we are not in control. Perspective has been gained and I love that it's been a real challenge to me personally. Maybe to you, you can relate to the perspective gain of what really matters. There's been many times I've had phone conversations or text conversations with people where they are feeling the same thing, that man, what an incredibly perspective gaining time we've had. When everything gets taken away and there's not a lot left to do, we are humbled to gain perspective of what God is really doing. The questions I found myself asking in these last few months where we've taken or had the opportunity to gather together as a church taken away from us, when we've had the opportunity as human beings taken away to even gather as friends and family, thank goodness we're getting some movement forward in that area. But there's been some questions simply that I've been asking of myself as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. Am I a Christian right now because of the principles that I live by? Or am I a Christian because I am following Jesus? Because it's interesting when all you do is live for right living or principled living, you come up short or empty because it's all about you. But when you are following Jesus, you understand that actually no matter what happens, Jesus is still leading and I can still follow. Another question I found myself reflecting on in the last few months is, am I a Christian because of the promises I receive? Or am I a Christian because of the person Jesus I've received? You see, in these moments that the disciples were starting to discover Jesus had to go, they thought it was all just about what they had. But Jesus was saying, no, there's far more on the other side of my obedience to the Father. And sometimes we can get wrapped up in the good things, the promises of a relationship with Jesus and lose the person of Jesus. And another perspective question I guess I found myself asking is, am I a Christian because of the peace that I get to inherit Or am I a Christian because of the presence I get to engage with? You know, every day and every moment and in every situation as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus, as a follower of Christ, we get the very presence of God himself. 
But if we're not careful, we chase after the good feeling of peace or the calming notion of knowing that there's someone there and miss the very presence and power of Christ with us. In the Passion Translation, verses 24 and 25 of Matthew 16 puts it this way. And Jesus said to his disciples, hey, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. That's brutal. (laughs) And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually, not once off, as you continually surrender to my ways. Verse 25, for if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. Pretty challenging words from Jesus himself, but he was wanting to reiterate to the disciples of the day and reiterate to you and I in this moment that as a perspective shift when it comes to what we've been dealing with, what we are still dealing with as human beings, we need to be reminded that if all we try and do is control our own human perspective, as Peter puts it, we miss out on the incredible blessing of a life in Christ when we choose to lay ours down. And so the questions that you and I face are questions of one that aren't comfortable necessarily, but at the beginning of a new year, maybe this is your first Sunday in church for the year. Can I encourage you? God is still in control. God has not forgotten you. God is a good God and God has so much more for you, but it will take a continual, as the Passion Translation puts it, a continual self-sacrifice to receive a continual, truly fulfilling life. And so I've got three simple questions before we take communion together. And if you haven't got communion and those emblems yet, then make sure you do. I've got mine here ready. But here's three questions to begin the year that I think I need to answer of myself. And I trust you need to answer two if we're going to see the fullness of a life in Christ that Matthew talks about, that Jesus speaks of. Then here's the simple three questions for today. I'd love for you to write down. I'd love for you to answer for yourself. Number one, what is it that I am letting go of? At the beginning of a brand new year, when Jesus himself is asking of us to lay our lives down, what is it that I am letting go of? For Peter, he had to let go of his human perspective. As I said, he was feeling good about life. He was in a great place But Jesus had to remind him, I'm sure in an incredibly humbling moment, Pete, as good as you are and as awesome as it is that you are the rock and we're going to build the church on the rock, remember, you cannot see things from a human perspective. You need to let it go. What is it in your life? What is it in my life? I need to intentionally make a decision to let go of and leave in 2021, so to speak. What is it? that God is asking you to let go of and not bring in to 2022. There have been many times, and I am sure, I am convinced, there will be many more times in my life where I'm going to have to lay down attitudes, mindsets. I know for me personally, there's been over the years, 
a lot of moments where I've had to lay aside, let go of friendships to create room for what is needed in my tomorrow. What is it in this moment on the 9th of January, 2022, that you need to let go of this year? You can't take up the cross. I can't take up the cross Jesus is asking us to if our hands are full, still holding on to what was. Maybe it's a blessing. A moment God did something so good in your life, but if you're honest, it was 25 years ago. And he's saying, I got so much more for you, sister. Bro, there is so much more in your future if you would just let go of what was and embrace what is to come. Number one, what is it in this moment at the beginning of a brand new year I am going to let go of? Secondly, the second question, maybe you're in a place where you're like, I'm feeling like I'm doing good with that. Then ask this simple question. What is it that I am taking hold of? See, not only does Jesus say, I need you to lay down your own life, but he says, I need you to pick up your cross. He doesn't ask you and I to pick up his cross. That was his to bear. But he does ask us to take up our cross. Simply, the question I found myself asking this week was, does my Christianity cost me? Now, it's free in terms of being received, but humanly speaking, what is it that I'm having to let go of that may be costing me or taking hold of that may be costing me? In this last season, personally for me, the load has been huge and at times has been heavy. Obviously, there's a lot that's been going on in our family. There's a lot as a church we've had to navigate. But there is a very big difference, in my opinion, to a weight being lumped onto you versus a weight being taken hold of. Ever moved house? Ever had that friend that doesn't reach out too often, but they're moving house, so they hit you up? Hey, (laughs) wanna come help me move house? Hey, hey. (laughs) When you... I was someone and you're moving a couch or a bed or something that's of significant weight. Communication's really paramount, right? <laughs> because if one person is ready to take hold of the weight and the other person is not, it doesn't go so well. Because when you are ready to take the weight, you actually intentionally take hold of what is about to come. And I'm feeling like there's many of us that need to be encouraged and challenged that this would be the year where we take hold of our Christianity and take up our cross. Let's be honest, it's been really nice and comfortable to sit in our lounge room and watch TV, uh, known as church online, to, I guess, spectate rather than participate. There's been a good side about isolation and then a not so good side about isolation. And everything in the last season of time is gearing towards comfort, convenience, for me personally, rather than what Jesus talks about. Hey, if you're going to come follow me, don't get comfortable sitting in the comfort of your lounge room or sitting in the comfort of your principled living or sitting in the comfort of your Christianity. No, no, no. Take hold of your cross. This is going to be a year 
that I believe will be a year like no other where God wants to do supernatural miracles in and through our lives. This is a year I declare will be a year of revival where we will see souls saved like never before. However, it is gonna take every one of us Bible-believing, Jesus-following Christians to take hold of our Christianity, take up our cross, and it may cost you and I something, but when we take hold of the load, we are able to carry it rather than this load just being lumped upon us. Would you and I make a commitment that this would be the year where we would tell people about Jesus? This would be the year where we would see our families and friends saved, not because of anything special we do and we don't have to do the saving, Jesus does that, but we have to take up our cross. We have to step into a new level of authority and boldness. We have to let go of old mindsets and past ways of living and we have to take up the cross that Jesus is asking us to carry. So not only is it, what am I letting go of? Not only is it, what am I taking hold of? But finally, what am I trusting God with? What am I trusting God with? Let me put it this way. What in your life is out of control currently that you need to trust God with? What is it? What do you feel like you've lost control over? Maybe you're sitting there, And this is a humbling moment for you because you're saying, you know what, my life's good. I'm actually not in any area of my life out of control. Could I suggest you may not be living in a place of faith then? Because true faith requires true trust. And you and I as Christians need to be on the scary edge of faith that's been prophesied over this house, that we actually need moments and things in our lives that we are needing God to come through on. It can't be done, humanly speaking, but God. And so what is it that you're trusting God with today? You know, to be a follower (laughs) means to trust God to lead you. And I've got my oldest daughter, Ruby. Ruby, come on up here. Come on, Bonnie, put your hands together for Ruby. She is awesome. How are you, bud? You good? Good to have you here. Now, this is Ruby. Now, Ruby, for a moment, you're going to be God. Is that okay by you? Sound good? Yeah, okay, good. So our lives are to be lived in a follower-type way. So Ruby, I want you just to take a walk. You're Jesus right now, and we're just going to follow. And this is what our life should look like. But often we say, hey, hey, Jesus, let's go left. Left, Jesus. And, And Jesus is going this way. And we find ourselves having to come back and then as we're following through life, we get distracted. Oh, that's right, 21st century. The Bible isn't that relevant right now. So I'm just gonna park over here. And and now we have to run and we have to catch up. And we catch up again and we say, hey, hey, can you stop for a moment? Hey, are you listening to me? But the thing is, God's always moving forward. The thing is, God is always taking you and I to better places. And unfortunately, a lot of us get to a point where we get so distracted, we get so comfortable, we get so enamoured with self that it feels like we could never catch up to who God is. But the amazing thing is, God starts coming back and straight away we start to say, you know what, I can get here again. I can get here again. And it's not that God ever gave up on us, but maybe it's because we live distracted and we didn't trust God. Can we put our hands together for Ruby? Thank you, Ruby. You are a great God. I love you. But the challenge is, trust requires you and I to follow. Trusting God 
with our lives will cost us our lives. But God is still God, God is still good, and God is always in control. And if you and I would realize that his plans are good and not to harm us, if we would realize that God can be trusted, we would actually start to see faith rise to an incredible level where we start to see things like our incredible senior pastor in the midst of a stage four prognosis declare the power of God in his situation. Why is that? Obedience and trust in who God is, not in what the outcome could look like. What am I letting go of? What am I taking hold of? And finally, what am I trusting God with? Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.